Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. president has been indicted. Former President Trump pleading not guilty today to charges in Manhattan criminal court. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And welcome to a special two hours now of the Rita Cosby Show, a surreal moment in American history. Former President Trump becomes the first U.S. president to be criminally charged. And only hours ago, in a Manhattan criminal courtroom, he entered his plea of not guilty to 34 felony counts. The indictment was finally unsealed. And if you look at it, it looks pretty thin. And it doesn't look like any surprise. Much of what we have already heard in a series of leaks that have been coming out ever since this case began. So tonight, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts as to where this case is headed? And also, what did you make of President Trump's very passionate response in his address to the nation, which took place just about an hour or so ago, where he passionately defended himself? You know, I first think this is an outrageous miscarriage of justice. If you are going to go after the president of the United States or the former president of the United States, also somebody who is the leading candidate on the GOP side running for president, you better darn well have a strong case. You better darn well have a locks solid case. And by all accounts, this case is weak at best. It seems like he is clearly trying to stretch potential, would-be even, misdemeanors all the way to stretch them to felonies, make them 34 counts. And you think about this is coming from a DA who doesn't go after felons in New York that are repeatedly doing violent crime. Often they get a slap on the wrist. They often get reduced to a misdemeanor. And here we have a DA who ran, made a campaign promise he was going to go after President Trump, and now he is spending tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer dollars going after President Trump when he should be focused on real criminals that are clearly degrading the streets of New York and the quality of life for all New Yorkers. And when we saw the indictment that got sealed, there were no real big surprises in it. It seemed like it was stuffed with chock full of repeat ledger entries and other entries tried to sort of three different accounts uh, that you could hear from the one of this Of course, Stormy Daniels, this other one of a woman named Heather McDougal, and then also a Dorman case. That's how they suddenly bumped it up all the way to make it 34 felonies. And yet, I contend this is not what justice is about in America. This seems like political persecution. It seems like a political vendetta 
and a very thin case from a very politically ambitious DA in New York. What are your thoughts, everybody, and where do you see this case going? one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. First off, here is President Trump just a little bit ago defending his innocence. Take a listen. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And then he wasted no time going after the New York district attorney. Take a listen. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost. And this, before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me, he was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. And President Trump also highlighted the fact that this case, really, so many elements of it have been leaking left and right. Remember, you're never supposed to even know of a grand jury necessarily indictment. You're not supposed to know about proceedings. We have basically been updated almost every step of the way. And how was there a reporter last night who came out and said his sources are telling him there's going to be 34 felony counts Uh, Apparently, that reporter is close to Alvin Bragg. And guess what? That reporter was exactly right. So does President Trump have a case when he says this about Alvin Bragg? Take a listen. He basically turned the tables and said, leaking to uh, information of a grand jury to the public is a felony. And in many ways, by the way, it's a bigger felony than what he is being charged with by Alvin Bragg. And President Trump turned the tables and said, Alvin Bragg should be the one on trial, not him. Take a listen to this. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. For which he should be prosecuted or at a minimum he should resign. And of course, we don't know who has done the leaking in this case. We'll probably never know. Uh, Because you know that Alvin Bragg isn't going to want to investigate if it's him or if it's somebody in his office. He's not going to want to do it. So it's okay to leak like a sieve and commit commit a felony by doing that. But you know what? We'll just give that one a pass. And instead, we'll bump up a potential nothing burger to 34 felony counts. How does that sound like justice? It doesn't sound like it. To me, 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Jacqueline, line six. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Uh, You know, this isn't what I called in about, but since you asked the question, I'll give it. Uh, As far as President Trump's speech, everything he said was eloquent and the absolute truth. 
And what I did want to say, and this really pretty much goes out to Scratchy, because I always have to set him straight because he always talks out of his tuchus. And we know what comes out of a tuchus. Um, and it for, ain't pretty, but go ahead. <laughs> that's right. And what comes out of his mouth is not pretty either. He's been banned from your uh, colleagues' show that follows Yeah, and yours. I had this, you're getting into the minutia, but go ahead, Jacqueline. Yep, yep. Well, anyway, I'm just going to keep it simple. For a lot of Christians, uh, they have made President Donald Trump a political martyr. And for a lot of Christians, he is now our political savior. Well, you know, I think there are a lot of people that agree with you in the sense that they are now supporting him. I don't know if you heard, but Lara Trump a couple hours ago was saying they have raised $10 million since the indictment came down. That is a staggering amount. She says a quarter of them are new people who were not supporting him even before and were giving to him before and now are because they feel that he is being unfairly persecuted. So, I think a lot of people agree with you, Jacqueline, and I think it is going to make him stronger, solidify the base around him. I think uh, this whole ordeal has clearly, I think, handed him the Republican nomination and maybe the presidency, too, uh, because so many people are seeing that this is just an unjust persecution on so many levels. Jacqueline, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Dom from Minnesota on line four. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, Rita, I did not vote for Trump because he's a saint. I voted for him because he loves the country and willing to take the heat. Mr. Bragg said Trump made 34 false statements to, quote-unquote, cover up other crimes. You know, that's like Bill Clinton saying it depends what the meaning of the word is, is. That's like Hillary Clinton saying, I don't do email, but I can sell you some bleach bit. That's like Joe Biden saying, I never talked to Hunter about his business dealing, but I love Parmesan cheese. And finally, that's like Alan Bragg saying, no, the big guy did not force me to indict Trump, but my conscience did. So, Alvin, you and your chipmunks will make a great lunch for the Fox in 2024. <laughs> wow. Now, by the way, um, I don't know if you heard, uh, but I was talking with Bill O'Reilly earlier, and Bill doesn't think that Biden is going to run again. He just thinks, you know, he, he realizes there's too many things there and uh, and mentally isn't really fit for it either. What are your thoughts? Well, but here's the problem for Biden. If he doesn't run, I think he's afraid not to run and maybe win, because if he doesn't run and, in, you know, if Trump wins, I don't know about other Republicans besides Trump, but if Trump wins, he, you know, I mean, Biden's goose is cooked. And that's why he's afraid and he has to run, especially Jill Biden saying, Hey, my, uh, Hunter is saying, but Dad, you got to run to get to help me keep out of jail. You help keep me out of jail. <laughs> no, you bring up a great point. I mean, if I'm the Biden family, I think, uh, uh, Joe, please stay in office right now uh, because exactly. we want you to be a sitting president as opposed to a former president. Because we've already sa- seen what America does to former presidents today, you know. Yo, but, you know, I think I've, I've, I've looked at some international news. Uh, I was looking at it, Rita. This is really sad. You know, the, the guy from Venezuela or, or Honduras or something like say, United States, please don't talk to us about democracy anymore. That's the sad part of this whole thing. We almost become a banana republic. And you know what I know you're talking about? You're talking about the guy from El Salvador because that yeah, was a Salvador. stunning right. statement. Right. Yeah. Um, and in fact, um, he basically said, I even want to like quote him because I found it so stunning, Dom, that he said this. Just imagine if this happened in another country uh, when a uh-huh. government 
arrested the man on the opposite side. The United States' ability to use democracy as foreign policy basically is over, isn't that? That's a stunning statement from the leader of El Salvador saying, uh, and you can imagine what the Chinese and the Russians are thinking tonight, Dom, and that breaks my heart as an American because it's still the greatest country. But uh, today, I don't think uh, justice was uh, in its spotlight, put it that way. It wasn't in its heyday, that's for sure. That's an understatement. Uh, Dom, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What is your reaction to President Trump's address to the nation after he had to enter a plea, after he had to surrender and go to a Manhattan courtroom to face 34 felony counts. Of course, he said he is not guilty, did nothing wrong. And the only crime is that he cares about this country and he is running for president again. He is not backing down in any shape or form. Your thoughts about the speech. We carried it here live. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we continue our special coverage tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. President Trump, just a little over an hour ago or so, blasting the Manhattan DA, blasting prosecutors in Georgia, also criticizing the special counsel, all of these different investigations, and of course, saving some of the biggest salvos for Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who today was there in the courtroom as President Trump had to enter his plea, not guilty to 34 felony counts tied to basically business deals, basically business fraud, saying that they were mislisted in ledgers, a series of different things, also bumped up uh, to felonies, pairing them with a crime. That so far, Alvin Bragg in a press conference afterwards, well, what was the crime that you added? Because you have to add another crime to bump it up to a felony in the state of New York. And he wouldn't even really say what it was. So it's like some mystery charge that is added to it that creates it to be a felony. And then they multiplied it by 34. So there are 34 felony counts. And a lot of people are shaking their heads today. And not only here in America, but we were just talking to Dom, who called in from Minnesota, about the reaction from people around the world looking at America today saying, look, I thought America was the beacon of the world, that they have the best justice system, uh, the most sort of equal, fair justice system in the entire world. And I just mentioned that the president of El Salvador, Salvador tweeted out basically saying, Uh, Boy, what a mess you guys are in, essentially. Like, how can you talk to us about justice? And you can bet many others are saying the same thing. And President Trump echoed that when he was speaking just a few minutes ago from Mar-a-Lago, his home in Florida. Take a listen. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration. 
the most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion. And he said that this investigation by Alvin Bragg, to which, again, he pleaded not guilty, he says is one big sham. Take a listen. This is a persecution, not an investigation. She's put our family through hell. It's cost hundreds of millions of dollars to defend. But our heads are held very, very high. And in that case, he was talking about Letitia James, the New York attorney general, because she is also going after President Trump and also campaigned on that as well, just like Alvin Bragg. So to par for the course, reciting over and over again the various Democratic district attorneys and attorney general and others who have made a case that they will go after President Trump, a heck or high water. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line two. Joe, your thoughts. Freedom, my love, to the Bella Bella Francesca Polacca, the beautiful Polish princess. I almost lost my lunch today. Homemade uh, prima pasta primavera with non-nitrate kielbasa. The point I'm making is, Rita, this is completely out of control. And the bottom line is, you look at the presidential peccadilloes going back to Thomas Jefferson, to Woodrow Wilson, who was a racist, to Warren Harding, who was a, a, a thug, to Herbert Hoover, to FDR, to uh, Harry Truman, to Eisenhower, to JFK, LBJ. You look at the peccadilloes where they put the country in jeopardy. And Barack Obama sold, dealt cocaine in uh, in the Columbia University, Joe Biden has been making money and his brothers and sisters off of American and NATO troops, arms and legs blown off. He sent our men and my brother and sister, American, and I was there. And But what's your point, Joe? Joe, what's your point? Because believe me, there's a lot of these mistakes. Are real crimes. These are real crimes, my dear. And but, uh, but Trump is not innocent. He's not. He is not a thug. He's not a choir boy. But this is a persecution, and during this Holy Week, I pray to Christ for justice. Because this, before we had Bill O'Reilly on, the life of O'Reilly, it used to end with, what a revolt in development this is. This is revolting. This is the Scotiato. I feel this is a day that American justice died, the American pie, the day that justice died. God help America. Hunter Biden should be in Leavenworth for life. He dealt drugs. He's a traitor. And I think he has to run in order to keep his family out of jail. And the Democrats aren't going to run anybody else. I hope Trump runs with DeSantis. I hope he beats those two thugs, Kamala Harris and uh, and Biden, and brings this country back because we are in deep manure. God help us. You know, Joe, I feel your passion, too, because it is such an outrageous moment. And I kept wondering, well, maybe there's something else in the indictment. Um, You know, let's see it. I always kind of say, okay, well, you know, I want to be fair on all sides. Uh, It seemed awfully thin. And then suddenly we get the indictment, and it's just as thin as we all think. It's such a stretch case on so many unbelievable levels. And it's even more, I think, uh, weak than I even thought beforehand, maybe because I thought, well, maybe there's surely got to be something or maybe there's some surprise. So far, it looks like really, uh, as you aptly said, a persecution, not a prosecution. 
And what a sad day for American justice, indeed, with that perspective, Joe. Um, To me, uh, it's heartbreaking because people around the world are looking at this and saying, uh, you go after a former president for this. Uh, was that your reaction too, Joe? I mean, it just was so thin. I mean, it. it I use the word surreal because it almost seems like, like it, it's like a bad movie. Go ahead, Joe. They are going to drag this in to soil the presidential race. Rita, this is straight out of Nazi Germany, where your father, God rest his soul, fought the Nazis. The bottom line is this is straight out of those 13 thug countries uh, communist China, Indonesia, Malaysia. This should not be allowed in America. And this is very important, Rita. Two final points. Yeah, and, and actually, do me a favor, Joe. We got to go, unfortunately, to a break. I love you, Joe. Call us back tomorrow night. It is always so great to hear your points. But I hear what you're saying. It should not happen in a free loving country like us. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful reminder of how dangerous and difficult it is to be a police officer in America today. Uh, some sad news coming from North College Hill, Ohio, where a police officer, Timothy Unwin, who is a former Hamilton, Ohio patrol officer, died in a double-fatal accident early Friday morning in North College Hill. He was responding to an officer-needs-assistance call. The police chief there said that the 31-year-old was responding just after midnight to assist when the crash occurred. He said, quote, this is an extremely emotional and sad day for the family and friends of the two men who died, as well as the entire Springfield, Ohio Police Department and for our community as a whole. The chief said that the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office is investigating the accident and identified the other driver as 50-year-old William Dunson. And of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to, of course, all the officers there in Ohio and across the country. And it is just such a powerful reminder of the difficult job that they do to protect us every single day. Well, we are talking about what happened today in Manhattan. Of course, President Trump arraigned in criminal court there. He was on the 15th floor of the courtroom. First he entered, uh, kind of went in through the back way. Uh, There were only a few still pictures that came out from the courtroom. No video was allowed, uh, but the judge did allow a few still pictures, which we saw President Trump sitting there very somberly sitting with his different attorneys on both sides of him. Uh, And then he entered a plea of not guilty to 34 counts, 34 felony counts. And right after the arraignment, his lead attorney, Joe Tacopina, who's been with him. Now there's another one who's also helping with the case, a guy named Todd Blanche, who is sort of a white collar crime expert. Uh, But Joe Tacopina right after the arraignment, said this, because he said this is an, a just abominable moment in American history. Take a listen. Guys, here's what we're going to talk about today. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the insufficiency of this case. And I will say this to you. Today's unsealing of this indictment shows that the rule of law died in this country. Because while everyone is not above the law, no one's below it either. And if this man's name was not Donald J. Trump, there is no scenario we'd all be here today. Please understand that based on these charges... 
And he's right. If you look at all the things, you go, wait a minute. This DA is going after President Trump on all of these inflated charges. And if you look at it over a business deal, and then he adds sort of a campaign finance allegation to it, a federal campaign finance charge. First of all, he doesn't have jurisdiction. He is a state prosecutor. Second of all, uh, the Federal Elections Commission already turned it down and said there isn't really a crime. There's nothing for us to look at. So Alvin Bragg is what, uh, you know, Karnak, he's like the prognosticator that can see something that those who are experts in federal election law don't see. I mean, this to me is such an incredible weaponization of the judicial process. But take a listen to Alvin Bragg uh, when he says, boy, how serious this is, what President Trump did. Take a listen. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. From a guy who has given so many felons in New York State a pass. I mean, that's the irony of it all. This is a guy when there have been repeat offenders over and over again Things that a second grader would say, God, maybe that person's dangerous and I should lock them up. Uh, 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 not Alvin Bragg's office. Alvin Bragg gives that individual a pass. And in fact, let me give you some statistics. This is pretty amazing. Alvin Bragg, felonies downgraded to misdemeanors in 2022, 52%. In 2019, it was 39%. So his office is downgrading felonies to misdemeanors from repeat offenders who are doing violent crimes 52% of the time, conviction rate 51%. So you look at these statistics and you go, wait a minute, this guy seems to be very soft on crime. Of course, uh, received a million dollars through uh, basically an organization that's very close to George Soros. See a big pattern here? And then yet, boy, it is so serious uh, that President Trump or his team entered something improperly in a business ledger. I mean, that's basically what this comes down to, that, well, we can't have that person on the streets. But that guy who's going up on the subway and beating people up on the subway, that person gets away with it over and over again in Bragg's New York. I mean, that is an astounding uh, hypocrite on so many unbelievable levels. And here is President Trump just a little bit ago in Mar-a-Lago taking the whole situation to task and talking about all the slings and arrows that have been coming at him from various prosecutors, politically motivated ones across the country. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans. And also, President Trump also talked about the double standard that clearly exists If the last name's Biden, like Hunter Biden or President Trump, take a listen. And we remember the 51 intelligence agents who said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. 
It didn't exist. It was Russian disinformation. Remember that? And that was all confirmed strongly by the FBI when they all knew that it wasn't Russian disinformation. Yeah, that case so far, Hunter Biden has been, you know, skating around separating Parmesan cheese from crack cocaine. You know, you go through that whole thing and you look at the whole background of that. So far, nothing there, even though the GOP has been able to see all these different wire transfers and money that came into at least associates of Hunter Biden. Remember, they're just starting to look at it. And nothing so far has emerged of there yet. And we're talking mostly because they just got the information. There's, of course, been a U.S. attorney in Delaware who's been looking at the case for some time. Nothing coming out of there. Delaware, boy, what a surprise, right? Uh, But look at that case. That's just been floating, stagnating. Also, what about the Biden classified documents case? All of those documents that were sitting and hanging out by the Corvette that Hunter Biden used to, like, fix the, you know, remember the motor on, the engine on? He used to hang out in the garage with his dad all day long. No problem there. But yet, let's go after Trump. Let's do a raid on Mar-a-Lago for the documents. Let's now make him walk into criminal court and have to enter a plea and be the first American president ever to be criminally charged. There sure are different standards of justice in this country, and I never thought I'd see it. To me, I've never seen the legal process like this, the judicial process, be so politicized and so blatantly politicized. This, to me, is just a pathetic, sad day in American justice. And to me, I understand where President Trump says it's a persecution, not a prosecution, because if the last name wasn't Trump, we would not be here. He would not have been in court in New York today. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Carol, line seven. Carol, your thoughts. Hi, thank you, Rita. Uh, Today I was reminded of a line from my cousin Vinny when Joe Pesci asked Melissa Tomei, does the case hold water? And she replied, no, the case does not hold water. Alvin Bragg has become the patron saint of real criminals uh, who have been released to commit additional crimes against society. And President Trump is our only hope for America. You know, I don't know if you heard, Carol, I was earlier talking to the great Bill O'Reilly, and Bill was saying Mm -hmm. that he believes uh, Alvin Bragg is responsible for hundreds of deaths, probably in New York, um, given the fact that he has allowed these people uh, to go back out on the streets. And, And the DA's office knows who they are. I mean, there's, you know, at least a thousand plus uh, that are in New York City, basically, that are repeating the crimes over and over and over again. They see the patterns. And what? how many does it take? Uh, 80 offenses or is it 90 offenses until you figure that this person might be a, vel- a violent fel- felon that needs to be locked up? Uh, and why is Alvin Bragg allowing those people to walk? And now he is going to spend tens of millions of taxpayer dollars on Trump. Uh, I mean, it is, it's just a shameful abuse of the justice system. What are your thoughts, Carol, on that? Uh, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, my cousin uh, who just came back from Virginia, she was telling me that there are lawn signs that say, God's got this. And 
you know, I, I believe that. I think all the dirt has to come to the surface. And obviously, Alvin Bragg is leader of the pack. And let all the dirt come out because then it's going to be so clear without doubt that what the corruption actually is. And decent people who really love this country will stand and, and support Trump so we can save our country, save America. My, my father served in World War II, and, you know, he, he risked a lot, and thank God he made it back. But there were people that we knew that didn't make it back, and I would hate to think that they died in vain of all our veterans who have suffered and died. Wow, what a beautiful, so, by the way, what a powerful statement, Carol. You know, my father was rescued by um, folks in World War II, the U.S. Army. So thank you mm-hmm. for your father's service. And you're right. Uh, people have fought and died for this country, for uh, the beauty that is America and the equal justice that's America and everything that is written uh, in the Constitution. And then obviously all the battles past then, you know, uh, like your father in World War II, they just had... Uh, the 50th anniversary there of Vietnam. Uh, you think about mm-hmm. all the folks that that went in there, all our brave, you know, men that went in there to fight uh, with with the best of intentions to go and and try to you know uh, try to bring freedom. And uh, I, I lost a dear friend in Vietnam, and um, he was uh, 21 years old. So wow. you know, I we mourn him and honor him every year. Uh, you know, on on Memorial Day, but, but you know, it's, but it's you wonder sad. what are other countries thinking that right now? You know, I mean, I just They're quoted thinking the... that we lost our mind, right? That we're allowing this to occur. It's like giving him a pass, giving them a pass, giving them a pass. The Republican parties, everybody who really wants to respect our liberty, our freedoms, our freedom of speech, has to. Stand up and do something. We can't, you know, do we have to wait for the vote to happen in 2024? I don't think we're going to have a country at that point. Well, Carol, doing by the way, Carol, they can. and by the way, Carol, also, obviously, um, anything uh, that is untoward uh, where there are crimes, potentially. I mean, you look at all the stuff that is going on in particular with the Hunter Biden case and some of the money there. And again, they're just starting to get the documents on the GOP side because they weren't, remember, in charge of the House until recently. Um, boy, uh, Hunter Biden could be in big time trouble um, if indeed there is something improper there. Uh, that is going to open a huge floodgate uh, that the Democrats will rue the day uh, that they politicize this because now it is fair game. Only if somebody has committed something improper. I don't believe in somebody fabricating, as I do believe what they're doing here to President Trump is that. Um, But if somebody has indeed done something improper, boy, the floodgates have opened on that. Um, Carol, thank you very much. And also thank you so much for your family service. Really, really powerful to hear about your beautiful dad, one of the greatest generation. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Peter in Montreal, line five. Peter, your thoughts. Uh, What is uh, Montreal thinking about what's going on here? Uh, It's absolutely disgusting. It's so obvious what it is. It's political vindictiveness. It's juvenile. This is beneath the integrity of the United States. I love your country. As a Canadian, I obviously don't have a dog in this fight. But, you know, I see the same kind of crap going on in Canada and through the world. And, you know, uh, Reid, i got to say at this point, I I just see it's almost so... We we can't correct it. Why don't we just take North America... 
put the lefties in one part and the right in the other. You all choose. We have East America and, and West America, and that's it. And put up a wall between them because, you know. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Biden doesn't like walls. Remember, Biden doesn't believe in any walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, he, you know, he'd be in a gated community, but it's such a sad day. You know, it's so petty and juvenile. And, you know, I mean, and, and you know, as, as a Canadian, it's it's just so obvious. You know, it's so obvious what it is. And this guy Bragg in Manhattan, a Democrat, and he's elected, he's funded. This is not the impartial balance of justice. This is somebody who's got an axe to grind, obviously, and a lot to gain. It's yeah. pathetic. There is no question about it. And the sad thing is, like you said, it is so transparent. And, uh, boy, you think about, like, what Canada and what other countries around the world are looking at. Um, it breaks my heart, too, as an American, because, you know, you want us to be uh, justice is blind. Justice is supposed to be fair. It is not supposed to be for partisan political vendettas. And uh, you said it so well. And it makes me sad to think what the world is thinking of America today, not just how we feel here, uh, the gut punch we all feel here. Peter, thank you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What is your reaction to the arraignment and also President Trump's powerful speech that he just gave a little bit ago from Mar-a-Lago. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And it has been a day of stunners. We have been talking, of course, about... President Trump and the arraignment and his comments just a little bit ago. And get this, uh, there were a lot of cheers when Mary Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago didn't make it to the runoff to be a mayor again there in the Windy City. Under her watch, crime has escalated. Businesses have fled. Uh, Very similar to what's been going on in New York. And she didn't make it to the runoff. So the race tonight was for mayor and who would replace Lori Lightfoot. And if you thought things were getting bad in Chicago, they're probably about to get a lot worse. Brandon Johnson, who is the progressive candidate, Bernie Sanders endorsed Democrat, won the mayor's race in Chicago, beating the more moderate candidate, a Chicago public school CEO, Paul Vallis. And so now this Brandon Johnson, who at one point also talked about defunding the police. Uh, well, guess what? He will become the new mayor of Chicago. Say a prayer for the Windy City, because now they have elected somebody who was to the left of Lori Lightfoot in many ways. He got support from the teachers union who poured big money into his campaign. And again, we're just coming in just the last few minutes that very progressive Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson has defeated a more moderate candidate. We had a Paul Vallis on with me with Katz and Cosby with John Katz and uh, He was a much more moderate candidate who had the support of the police unions. And Brandon Johnson, who talked about defunding the police, has now been elected mayor of Chicago at a time where crime is skyrocketing. Again, many businesses fleeing that city. And boy, is that a bad sign for the city of Chicago. If we thought things were bad and crime was bad there, 
Buckle up, Chicago. Our thoughts and prayers are with you tonight. Uh, what a day this has been between Trump and then that. Uh, what are your thoughts, everybody, especially about Alvin Bragg, uh, a very soft on crime DA who many people believe has created this cycle of recidivism and repeat offenders continuing to go back out on the streets in New York. And then today he said, you know what, I'm not going to focus on the hardened criminals. I'm going to focus on my campaign promise, which was to get President Trump. And today, sure enough, he had former President Trump sitting in a Manhattan criminal courtroom and he had to enter a plea to 34 felony counts. Uh, What a terrible moment, I think, for American justice and just pathetic use of taxpayer funds at a time where, as we're talking about what's happening in Chicago, in New York, crime is skyrocketing as well. And Alvin Bragg's not focused on that. He's focused on President Trump because he just doesn't like Trump. And he sees this as obviously something for his political advantage. one 800 848 Let's go to Gary. Line two. Gary, your thoughts about all this? Man, the, the Chicago thing just blew my mind. You know, they just keep they just keep, you know, fighting, you know, whatever the word. Fighting I know. Their by no by whatever. the way, Gary, isn't that amazing? It's like crime is skyrocketing there and this is what they do. It, it's it is shocking. It's insane. That's why businesses are leaving and everything else. But, you know, President Trump, when he lost, I felt like I had a death in the family. I felt like my uncle died or something. You know, I own a small business. I work pretty much from when I wake up until I go to sleep. And he, he gave he gave us hope, you know, guys like me. He, he's for the working man. I don't care if he's a billionaire. He is for us. And, you know, because of my financial responsibilities, I wasn't able to donate in the past. But today I did. I, today, for the first time ever, I donated to a political campaign. And that's President Trump's campaign. I donated $250. And I'm going to do it every month until the election. Wow. But- Gary making a $250 donation for the first time to President Trump. And by the way, Gary, he has taken in $10 million. There are many people across the country who feel just like you. We're going to continue talking about this after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. President has been indicted. Former President Trump pleading not guilty today to charges in Manhattan Criminal Court. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And it has been a stunning day in New York City. The whole world is watching. First, it began when President Trump came to the courthouse in Lower Manhattan, surrendering on charges. He was indicted and arraigned. He, of course, was processed. He had to enter also a plea of not guilty to 34 felony counts. And listen to the crowd outside. There were a lot of them cheering for him as he came out of the courthouse. And then just a few hours later, after all that, he flew back to Mar-a-Lago. And then when he came out on stage to respond to the DA's charges, 
you could hear them chanting USA, USA to President Trump. Take a listen. This was just a little bit ago in Florida. And President Trump, when he addressed the nation earlier tonight, came out swinging, going after the New York DA, Alvin Bragg. Take a listen to what he said. So here we are now. It's where we were today in a city that was so great just four or five years ago. But now we're there. Spend time there today, as you possibly read, with a local failed district attorney charging a former president of the United States for the first time in history on a basis that every single pundit and legal analyst said, there is no case. There's no case. They kept saying, there's no case. And then he talked about the open borders. He talked about the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan. He talked about Russia's war on Ukraine. The list went on and on about a failing U.S. economy, how much the world has basically crumbled since President Trump was in office. Now we've got Russia talking about nukes, possibly on the brink of World War III. And he said all of this goes to the Democrats, to the Biden administration, And he said he is not going anywhere, despite what he says is a political persecution against him by this D.A. and many other Democrats. Take a listen. He still said he is there for the fight. Incredibly, we are now a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. And then he ended, we can still make America great again. We can still bring it back again, but it is really a mess and encapsulated with a very overzealous DA from Manhattan who has now criminally charged President Trump with 34 felony counts basically tied again to what is a business fraud, to a misentry, a false entry in a business ledger involving three different cases and a DA who would never go after anybody else if the last name wasn't Trump. He campaigned on it, said, I'm going to go after Trump. And sure enough, he did it today. It has been an incredible moment to watch the whole thing. Uh, stunning and shocking and disappointing on so many levels. I want to hear your thoughts about everything. What did you think of the fact that the president got hold, the former president of the United States, called to New York City, first time in presidential history, in American history, that you see a former president on a case this flimsy? I've been looking through the indictment. It is weak. It is like milk toast. And that's what you would bring a president haul him and embarrass him and bring him to New York City uh, to basically be charged with 34 criminal counts over this. This looks so petty and so politically targeted. It really is shocking to the core. And then, of course, President Trump comes out swinging, goes to Mar-a-Lago and addresses the country. By the way, 
MSNBC did not show his speech tonight. Shame on them. That's outrageous. The president was responding to criminal charges against him. You've got the former president of the United States. Every network should be covering it. If you are fair, you should be covering all sides. Wouldn't you want to hear what the former president would have to say? They didn't cover it. That was pretty astounding to me. That sort of speaks volumes. They don't even want to hear it. They don't even care if he wants to defend himself. What, he's not allowed to defend himself? Is that the message? And any other network that didn't cover it, shame on them too, because you should be covering all sides here, not just selectively choosing. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony. Line two, your thoughts about all this, Tony. Hi. What a day. It's exciting. So I can tell you that I used to work in New York City right downtown near where the president would always land. All the presidents, whenever they came into the city, down by Bowling Green, by the Staten Island Ferry. And I always had such a good feeling whenever the president came in. And today it was like totally different. It was so weird. But President Trump did a magnificent, awesome job. I do want to say I did watch uh, Alvin Bragg and everything he did quite carefully. And yeah. here's what I know. Yeah, what was your take on Bragg? So I noticed he was just so uh, incompetent. Like this was his first Boy Scout meeting, and he's trying to make sure he goes through everything. If you noticed, one of the things he said is it's chapter and verse, like he went to his old Sunday school sort of verbiage. He was just totally awkward with the whole thing. But he did say something that really stayed with me. He said, with respect to President Trump, he's doing something that everybody else does, and he should be prosecuted, too. And he gave accounts on how many cases. And I said to myself, that's what he does. If he's not going after criminals, he's actually going after our business people who are leaving the city in droves because he's picking at all their paperwork. And it really was an eye-opener to me because I think that's part of their agenda as well, Rita, is to ruin our business community down there. You know, you brought up an interesting point, Tony, because, yeah, he said, like, oh, 100 other cases. First of all, uh, I am sure that there are not 100 other cases that rise to the former president of the United States being indicted uh, tied to a circumstance like this. So I find that, first of all, not to be factually correct on his part. But your analysis is an interesting one, like what he considers the the business people, the real criminals and the real criminals that are out there committing the crime and assaulting other people. uh, They're not so bad. Um, So either way you slice it, it isn't good for Alvin Bragg. And I do clearly uh, get the same impression you do that his priorities are so out of whack and are a huge concern for New Yorkers, all New Yorkers. All good New Yorkers want to be safe and feel like they're good in their homes. And Alvin Bragg did nothing today uh, that makes us feel safer. If anything, uh, it looks like a politically targeted prosecution, and he is spending so much money that I think about, God, if he had spent the amount of money that even just today alone cost, you know, to have to have the president come and all the other things, uh, taxpayer dollars, the courts, all the security, all that stuff, Think about all the money, even just today. Uh, give it to what? Give it to our veterans. Give it to give it to our homeless. Do do something constructive with it. Stop wasting our time on these political prosecutions and letting thugs walk. I mean, that's that. It is just what a sad contrast that we're seeing, and that's an interesting perception, Tony. 
um, because you're right. Maybe he thinks like those are the real criminals and uh, the real felons. Oh, uh, we have to have sympathy for them. Uh, it's almost like an alternate universe uh, type of policy. Tony, thank you very much. Let's go to Larry, line one. Larry, your thoughts. You know, <clears throat> Tony makes a, made a brilliant uh, remark. In light of the 87,000 IRS agents that Biden wanted to appoint, you know, when I heard that, I thought, well, you know, he wants to make everything uh, like an egalitarian society. He wants to cut, like, uh, you know, advantages, loopholes and things like that that businesses are taking advantage of. Tony made me realize, no, they want to put businessmen in jail. That's where the 87,000 IRS agents are coming from. This is very scary. And I heard Monica Crowley earlier today, you know, say, I don't know why it takes a Monica Crowley, uh, a, a, a sole voice, to say the truth. I didn't hear from anybody else. that this is a deliberate thing, this country's being brought down deliberately, on purpose. And... I mean, this is not accidental, one thing after the other, you know? Um, and uh, basically, what you, what you saw with, with Trump today, the re- there's too much emphasis being placed on Alvin Brand. He's not the whole show. If you look at Roger Stone made a comment about uh, a very astute comment, and uh, I probably would have said it myself because... Yeah, real quick, it, Claire, what is that? He said, judges are supposed to be chosen at random. This judge presided over the the, uh, the, the uh, prosecution of Trump's chief financial officer. Why is he getting this case? If you look at it, this takes the same pattern as the, as the uh, magistrate that was appointed in the Mar-a-Lago case to give the search warrant to the FBI. He was supposed to be appointed at random, yet he was selected when he was supposed to be, uh, remember, he was supposed to be recused and, recusing of himself. No, so that's a great, and I'll actually, I'll actually answer that, because um, Judge Weinberg, Richard Weinberg, who does Cats and Cosby with me and John Katsimatidis at 5 o'clock on WABC, said what happens with these cases if it's a related case and somehow this is related because it involves some, you know, dealings with the Trump organization, then usually the same judge, whoever is assigned randomly to the first case, stays sort of attached to the other related cases. And you could make the case that in this one, Bragg sees this as a related case, um, because they're folks who maybe have experience in this. But you're right, it, on the face of it, to the average person, it does look very biased. And clearly, listen, uh, there are so many questions with this whole case. I mean, you look at the fact that Alvin Bragg went out there and campaigned. I mean, never in a million years would you have a DA who literally campaigned that his priority, number one, was not locking up the bad guys on the streets of New York, but going after Trump. I mean, you know, you could make the case, why is he there? I mean, if I were the Trump team, and I'm sure they're thinking of this, uh, you know, I would certainly ask for him to somehow be recused as the prosecutor. There's obviously also some questions about the judge because his family has some Democratic leanings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that you could kind of say, wait a minute, this sure seems like a steamroll uh, against a former president for political reasons. I think that they've got some compelling cases to get this thrown out. Whether it actually will in New York is a whole other matter. Larry, thank you very, very much. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this historic night. A president has now been criminally charged in American history. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Well, you know it's bad when John Bolton and Mitt Romney, who are not Trump fans, by the way, Bill Barr, the former attorney general, all of them coming out and saying this looks like a very weak case from the Manhattan D.A. against President Trump. And here's a little bit more of President Trump talking just a little bit ago, talking about all of the different district attorneys and others trying to come at him in every different direction, anything they can do to knock him out of the presidential race. But now they have really stepped up their efforts by indicting the 45th president of the United States who received... Seventy-five million votes, which is more than any sitting president in the history of our country. And President Trump went after everybody, calling them racist, calling them liars, saying that they are out to get President Trump because he is the front runner. Basically saying all of these different prosecutors and especially Alvin Bragg, have a political agenda that this is not about the facts. And he also went after the DA in Georgia, who was, of course, looking at all that election stuff down there. Take a listen uh, to Trump in rare form just a little bit ago tonight from Mar-a-Lago. Take a listen. And in the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. (laughs) Nobody said, sir, you shouldn't say that. Many people on the phone were hung up in disgust because of something I inappropriately said, because nothing was said wrong. And by the way, the irony of it all, Today, tonight, it came out that former President Trump uh, actually secured a legal victory against Stormy Daniels in another case. Hours after his arraignment in the Manhattan courtroom in connection to the hush money payments that Bragg was going after and inflating, well, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ordered Daniels to pay Trump $121,000 in legal fees stemming from a 2018 defamation lawsuit that she filed against him that was later dismissed. So an appeals court ruled in favor of Trump, saying that Stormy Daniels, who's at the heart of the indictment that happened in Manhattan, has to pay Trump $121,972 in legal fees stemming from a defamation case that she filed against him. So the Court of Appeals said that she was culpable in that one. He gets this victory. It's like you almost can't make this up. And yet Alvin Bragg is using her and Michael Cohen, a convicted felon, as basically the key witnesses in his case. And he is going full steam ahead with 34 felony counts. So let me ask you, do you believe that President Trump can get a fair jury if it goes to trial we don't know maybe a judge will throw it out that's what they should do they should say uh let's get alvin bragg out of here and let's get this case out of here but if it does go to trial a should it go somewhere outside of manhattan i think it should 
I think it should at least go to Staten Island or somewhere like that where you could have a more fair jury for President Trump. Clearly, Manhattan is not going to vote favorably for Trump. You look at the Democrat versus Republican ratio. And second of all, do you also believe that it will just get thrown out, that it'll just be a joke at that point? I mean, the fact that, look at this, that it's being taken all the way to trial, potentially, uh, you know, that that's where Alvin Bragg wants it to go. He wants it to ultimately end up and humiliate President Trump. He's claiming he's got 34 felony counts. And yet here is this one that just comes through where the judge says, "Uh, uh-uh, on this one, her credibility is basically uh, on the line. It was uh, basically, uh, you know, and ex- the case is a usually the, the question is, I want to see the merits of this case. But it's in response to her filing a defamation suit that she filed against him. So obviously the judge in this case, the appeals court threw it out and said, you know what, you have to pay legal fees to Trump. So in that case, he wins. And yet, if you have Alvin Bragg as a DA, forget about it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat, line four. Pat, your thoughts about all this. Oh, good evening, Rita. I have two things I want to address. One is to thank you for all you do by revealing a lot of information to those of us who are tuning in all the time. Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much. And what's your second point? You're such a sweetheart. My second point is that I'm sitting and I'm thinking, what a thankless job. And, you know, what could I possibly do to let President Trump, I still say President Trump, know um, how much he's appreciated? And I want to say to you, Rita, what comes to my mind, I, it's been for days. It chokes me up. Genesis 50, what was meant for harm to me, God turned it for good. And this man has had a lot of harm directed at him. You know, it's amazing, Pat. Uh, I can't think of almost any other human being alive that could take the slings and arrows that he has been taking and to be embarrassed to bring a former president into court today to stand there. Uh, Our Bob Brown was just showing me a picture with like the, you know, the cops having to stand behind him. That's standard procedure. And yet Trump is still standing and fighting. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, Well, the world has certainly changed remarkably since John Patton was born in March 1923, but the World War II veteran has a simple formula that has lasted him now 100 years and counting. He said his motto for life is just live day to day and do the best you can. And for Patton, that day to day life included more than 20 years of service in the U.S. Navy and another 17 in the U.S. Federal Civil Service. Patton was awarded six bronze stars during World War II while serving aboard the USS Saratoga and the USS Enterprise and fighting in the Battle of Midway, also the Battle of the Eastern Solomons, and also the Battle of the Santa Cruz Islands. And to celebrate his heroism and his century of a life well-lived, 
St. John's County in Florida. The leaders there and state representatives held a ceremony, and John Patton arrived in style riding in a classic World War II Jeep driven by a retired Army colonel. And he spoke to the crowd and told everybody he was so thankful for everybody who showed up to support him and to honor him and other veterans. And he said, quote, I really appreciate it. I really do. How beautiful to see this great World War II veteran, part of the greatest generation, honored in such a beautiful and magnificent way. And uh, the community there in Florida, in St. John's County, coming out in a big way to support him. Well, we are talking, of course, about this unbelievable day with President Trump, now a uh, criminally charged defendant. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. This is an unbelievable moment, and it was spearheaded, of course, by New York DA Alvin Bragg. And it was an amazing moment. I was watching everything. I was glued today to the TV, I'm sure, like all of you were. And watching, and of course, I saw Alvin Bragg sort of slide into the courtroom. You knew he was going to be there for the proceedings. And to hear that President Trump was inside, you know, we had reporters come out afterwards and give recounts of what they saw. There was a still picture that was released, and you could see a very somber President Trump. You could see his mood even when he was walking in on the hallway there because there was a video camera that was able to capture him in the hallways when he came and left. And you could see that he felt it was a very somber, sort of stunning moment. Uh, We know from his attorneys that he was not expecting to be indicted. Remember, there were reports last week that the case was maybe on hold after Robert Costello, uh, one of the key witnesses who came forward and basically was there supporting Trump, came forward and said, "Uh, Michael Cohen shouldn't be trusted. I've got a whole bunch of other information that's very different than what this guy is portraying. He's a liar. Don't trust him. And then suddenly the case almost went dark. It seemed like it was a break, uh, was the reports for a month. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it was like uh, a grand jury's indicted him. We don't know still to this day what the count was. We know that there are 23 grand jurors, so there had to have been at least 12 to get the indictment uh, on each count. So you have to wonder, I'd be curious, was it 23 said, oh, yeah, it's Trump. Let's just go ahead and just do it. Let's uh, spend five minutes and let's eat a sandwich for the ex- uh, other hours. We don't know. It'd be interesting at some point if we ever just got a count, not to necessarily know their names or anything like that, but just to know what was the count. Was it a unanimous or was it hard to get 12 on a number of these counts? It would just be fascinating. Uh, but in Manhattan, which is very liberal, they are clearly out to get Trump. Just the name Trump. And that's not why you go after somebody. You go after someone because the case merits it, not because you have Trump derangement syndrome. That's not the reason. And today, for that reason, I think it was a very sad day in American justice. It was an overreach in so many ways. And I was looking at the indictment thinking, okay, maybe there's something else in here. And then Alvin Bragg came out afterwards and talked about why he said there were 34 felony counts Take a listen to how we sort of contorted the law and did some legal gymnastics to get 34 criminal counts against President Trump. Take a listen. In total, the grand jury found there were 34 documents with this critical false statement. Why did Donald Trump repeatedly make these false statements? The evidence will show that he did so to cover up crimes relating to the 2016 election. 
Now, this is interesting. I was listening to Andy McCarthy, who's a really smart guy, former assistant U.S. attorney. Andy came out and said the problem with a lot of stuff that Bragg has said is these entries, he said, were in 2017. If he was doing it to cover election law, the commitment of the crime, if you will, even if you believe Alvin Bragg, would have happened in 2017. The election was in 2016. So he said that doesn't even make sense legally, like that would not hold weight. So that was an interesting point, just the timing that maybe Bragg has his time frame all off and doesn't know how to do math or look at a calendar. And then also the inflation of adding it to a campaign charge. That's why he did it, to get a felony count, because anything else was a mild misdemeanor. And yet the Federal Elections Commission, which actually looks at campaign violations like this, deemed it already not a crime. They said there's nothing here. We're not going to go after it. The Department of Justice said we're not going to go after this. Even Alvin Bragg's own office said we're not going to go after it. And yet suddenly Alvin Bragg himself decided his vendetta was to go after President Trump, and that's what he did today. Meantime, also, by the way, there is a guy, this Colangelo, there's this Michael Colangelo guy who's sort of like a liaison between the Biden DOJ and also the DA's office. This is a guy who used to work in a lot of political campaigns, also was at the Obama White House. Now he is back, apparently, was at the DA's office, then went to DOJ. Now he is back at the DA's office, sort of with a mission to go get Trump. And yet the Biden White House wants us to believe that President Biden and his team had nothing to do with the indictment today, that Alvin Bragg, all on his own, just happened to decide now's the time to go after President Trump. That, to me, is the biggest bunch of hogwash. But listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, trying to spin this yarn today when she was asked about why won't the president say anything about the case? Like he talks about everything else. But when he's asked about this case, he has this big old grin like a Cheshire cat. Listen to her response. I'm not asking about Trump precedents that this opens. Does the White House believe that a former president could or should be indicted? I'm just not going to comment from here. I am just not going to comment from here. I'm not going to go there. I want to play cut 27 because here's a little bit more of some Q&A with Corinne Jean-Pierre. Take a listen to this. I did want to ask about uh, the Donald Trump uh, arraignment. I know you're not going to comment about the legal proceedings. You've said that many times. But can you give us any sense of how President Biden is taking all of this in just as a moment in American history? Obviously, he's a consumer of news. Has he been uh, watching, reading uh, the developments that are unfolding right now? So first, I have to say this. this it's an ongoing uh, case, so we're just not going to comment on the case uh, specifically itself. Look, the president's going to focus on the American people like he does every day. He is not, uh, this is not something that is a, a focus for him. Uh, he is going to focus on things like making sure that the, that we uh, lower, continue to lower prices for the American people. Uh, of course, uh, this is playing out on many of, uh, of the networks here uh, on a daily basis for hours and hours. Uh, so obviously he will uh, catch, uh, catch part of the news uh, when, he, uh, when he has a moment to catch up on the news of the day, but this is not his focus for today yeah it's not his focus you're kidding me he's just sitting there again with the big grin ear to ear but oh he's he's not really looking are you kidding me his biggest rival 
He has yet to announce President Biden that he's even going to run again. And you've got Donald Trump, who's the leading GOP candidate. And now in the latest polls, he is killing it. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he has at least 30 points in almost every single poll ahead of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis and everybody else is in the dust right now because all the headlines are Donald Trump. So many people are supporting Donald Trump, even people who weren't supporting him before because they're saying this is unjust. This is out of touch. This is way over the top. This is political persecution, not prosecution. And you're leading me to believe, are you kidding me, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that President Biden isn't looking at the headlines like we all are? What a bunch of BS. That is unbelievable and inconceivable, which means that you know he's watching everything and probably had something to do with it, too. Or at least there was some sort of coordination between the Biden White House, for sure. That, to me, is just unbelievable. That's my opinion. There's just no way. Meanwhile, President Trump, just a little bit ago at Mar-a-Lago, wow, he came out swinging and he went right for Alvin Bragg, the New York DA, who said this is all about politics. Trump was in rare form. I thought he did a great job. He kept his speech not super long. It was like 25 minutes, I think, or so. It was punchy. It was on point. And you could tell he is going for it. He's saying all of this is political attacks. It is because they are trying to knock him out of the presidential race. And he said he ain't going anywhere. And here's what he had to say about Alvin Bragg. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost. And this, before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me, he was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. And then he went after New York Attorney General Letitia James, who's also been investigating Trump. Take a listen to this one. Lastly, I'm under investigation. This time a civil investigation by another racist in reverse who also campaigned on, I will get Trump. I will get him. This was her campaign. Never ran for office. I will get him. Her name is Letitia James. And she proclaimed while campaigning, quote, I look forward to going into the office of the attorney general every single day, suing him and then going home. Boy, does that encapsulate the old criminal vendetta against President Trump. And he also went after the special prosecutor, Jack Smith. Uh, I think he called him a lunatic, if I recall. I mean, there was no holding back. And he also said, take a listen to how different America is now. It is a mess. He talked about the open borders. He talked about the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. He said, I would have been able to solve the issue with Russia and Ukraine. We would not be where we are today. And he went after President Biden and his very poor track record on so many levels and said he is not going anywhere. At the end, he said, quote, we can still make America great again. 
I am basically fighting was the message clearly at the very end. There's still hope for America, uh, and I'm still going to keep the fight. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe, line four. Joe, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm sure you watched earlier when uh, he was in the courtroom. You know the pictures, the still pictures? You see the court officer standing directly behind him with their arms folded. I mean, that would just be just the same uh, effect if they would have him walking out in handcuffs. I mean, you're looking at this is the former president, and he will be the president again. But just the way they had everything orchestrated in that courtroom, and it's just like, you know, I mean, not to mention also uh, how everyone's high-fiving themselves around here. Like, I got people, my neighbors and stuff like that. Like, if I wore, if I wore my mega hat in the lobby, I'd probably get into a fight with about 10 different people. That's how, how crazy they are. You'd probably get in a fight with about 30. I agree. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Joe, your point is an interesting one because the cops were, if they pulled out of the AP picture, the Associated Press picture, and you're right, you can see the two cops standing behind him like he's a, a convict. And by the way, yeah. I don't, I, I do feel bad because that is procedure. So they have to follow, quote, procedure for somebody who has been charged with 34 felonies, albeit ridiculous ones. Um, so it's not their fault. I mean, that's just sort of the, yeah. the process. Um, but you're right. It, it That scene just shows it, it looks terrible. And Alvin Bragg just wanted the moment in the sun. And, you know, he was like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, laughing and toasting, I'm sure, yeah. later on tonight to his victory I, of embarrassing a former president exactly, in a shameful exactly. way, Joe. Exactly. I just hope to God that these rhinos or whatever they they they, 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 they say to stand by President Trump. But the whole thing is that they got you have to beat them at their own game. That's the whole thing. They can't. Uh, Clinton's like I told one of my neighbors that they were talking about this a few days ago. I said it was above the law unless your last name is Clinton. And I shut them up right away. Right away, they're walking out of the building, and I said I got to calm down because I, I left living there for many years, and I'm like I don't want to. I mean, they know how I stand. No, but you're right. And by the way, and you don't want to get in a fight with your neighbors because you still want to live there. Uh, but you're right. The double standards are so unbelievably blaring. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And it has been an unbelievable and historic day in a Manhattan courtroom and also to hear from President Trump tonight who came out swinging in Mar-a-Lago at his home there in Florida, not holding anything back, saying he is going to fight this. He is skyrocketing in the polls and skyrocketing in the donations as well. $10 million coming in, according to Lara Trump, since the indictment came down. That is a stunning amount. And people are saying it is over the top. It is political persecution and it is politics at its worst. Let's go to BJ line two. BJ, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, you've done an excellent job. Thank you for this. You know, I have to tell you, I uh, never have met a man so psychologically strong as this president, uh, Donald Trump. He never left us. He's the real president. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's just no one is behind these Democrats uh, where they've led us, how they've destroyed our country and left it in a shambles. But they're all galvanizing behind Donald Trump. I thought today would be a much more depressing day, but watching him rise up from the canvas like this is something to behold. And, you know, that indictment is word salad. It makes no sense whatsoever. But even more shocking than that is 
how the white liberal in this country gets these black radicals to do their bidding for them. You know, they will they, they have no spine. They won't do their own bidding. Well, and also, get... by the way, not even a color issue, BJ, because you look at it's like, ideological. Yeah, it is. I, that's about. why. That's why I, I I don't want to get into the black white. But I will say, I mean, look at um, you know Larry Krasner, that guy in Philadelphia who is yeah. you know soft on crime, uh, another Soros guy. There is there is a pattern here, and I hear you on that. Um, and I will say to you um, that you're right. Trump really handled it with incredible grace, and he certainly had a cheering crowd for him in Mar-a-Lago. Hundreds of people were there cheering him on. And he came out and said, I will fight this tooth and nail um, and that he will fight this to the bitter end. Um, By the way, Bill O'Reilly, who I was talking to earlier tonight, I don't know if you heard it, um, but Bill was saying that he thinks it's going to be about 25 to 30 million dollars will probably be the amount Trump will need to pay attorneys to fight, you know, this and probably a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, that's an enormous legal fee. His campaign funds can go towards that. Um, so this is, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what may happen, uh, between this case and some of these other cases coming at him in every direction. But you're right. He's sort of like, uh, he's rising from the ashes and he's fighting the fight. If anybody can handle chaos and the slings and arrows, it is Donald Trump. And we saw that today. Uh, BJ, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Norm, actually. Line eight. Go ahead, Norm, your thoughts. Yes, uh, WABC, uh, Rita Cosby, listener, caller on the ground. Uh, yes, I by the way, Norm, I love you. I'm so glad you were there. Give us your I, sense real quick of what was, what it was like okay. there. Thank uh, you, Norm. I was there from 8 o'clock to 5. Uh, I, I, I think the spirit of the Trump people was quite uh, quite well, considering um, I did not like the amounts of abuse coming from the other side. They had the... Uh, they had the uh, counter protesters penned up on the other side, and uh, I heard a lot of uh, f bombs constantly throughout the day. Um, and then they permeated into our side. And uh, when uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene came in there, it was a rush. And then the uh, Antifa lunatics were cursing at her and drowned her out. And it was that was quite depressing. Um, I I would have liked to have heard uh, Donald Trump's speech tonight because I think that would have uh, perked me up a little bit. Uh, I left there feeling, uh, honestly, I left there personally feeling down. You know, the reason is too, Norm. You know, Norm, you talked about sort of New York, too, the, you know, the uh, uh, outnumbering of Democrats. um, And, of course, even like New York City officials, you know, talked about the Marjorie Taylor Greene presence and basically – uh, I think encourage other people to come out and basically go up against her and anybody who was sort of speaking on behalf of Trump. It was a it's been an interesting uh, political lines drawn in the last few days, if you will. Uh, but I'm glad that for the most part, obviously, things were pretty peaceful, which is a good thing, an important thing. And you do have to watch President Trump's speech. I thought it was a very, very good one. You will like it, Norm. Um, let's go to Donald, line six. Uh, Donald, now that we heard from our great reporter on the ground there, Norm, which I love, uh, go ahead, Donald. Uh, hi, Rita. I was just wondering why uh, Trump wouldn't pick uh, um, Dershowitz for his part of his defense team. He, By the way, he might. It's still kind of early on. He just added this new guy, uh, Todd Blanche, who is a white-collar uh, expert who worked with uh, Manafort and got Manafort off 
uh, showing that the case was politically motivated, one of uh, the cases against Manafort. So who knows? They may add something else. You never know. Uh, He may add Dershowitz eventually. And I bet Dershowitz would do it. Um, Everybody, uh, what a sad day, I think, in American history. Um, And if you didn't see Trump's speech tonight, uh, like Norm said he hadn't, make sure you tune in and check it out. He was going after everybody, but he said at the end of the day, I will fight. I'm fighting for you. And also he ended with Make America Great Again. He is fighting tooth and nail. And this one goes down in the history books. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.